From the Thinking Out Loud studios, it's the Thinking Out Loud podcast with Kevin and Kyle, the podcast that exists to help you navigate the culture of today from a biblical perspective and to help you grow in your relationship with God. God has commissioned and called you to be a light in this culture. The only way you can do that is to know the truth. No matter what circumstance you're facing, no matter what season of life that you're in, if you truly want to find success in that season, you're going to have to go back to the simple question of what does God say about me in this moment? There's no shortage of information in this culture, but there is a shortage of truth. Welcome back to the Thinking Out Loud podcast. My name is Kevin Wilson. And I'm Kyle. And we're it's super excited to have you guys back again for another episode this week. We're really excited because we have a special guest this week. His name is Mark Ostash, and we are extremely excited to have him as part of the show today. So we're going to talk a little bit about digital wellness. All of us know that, you know, we live in the kind of world today where Social media is driving almost everything that's happening out there, whether it be information highway, uh, whether it be our talking to our family, our friends. It is a driving force, and it's extremely important that we understand how to navigate that world. And so we have an expert on the show. And, you know, we always say that if there's something that we want to talk about that we are not experts in, but we want to talk about it, we get the expert. And so Mark, actually, he holds degrees in psychology and technology. He's a nationally recognized speaker on digital wellness. He's also done two TED Talks, and he has a book out called Courage to Connect. Stories that create meaningful connections in your life. Some of his clients are, you know, Allstate, Comcast, you know, Henry Ford Health Systems, Quicken Loans, some of the some of the big ones out there. So he's an expert at what he does. Mark, thanks so much for joining us today. Welcome to the Thinking Out Loud podcast. Kevin and Kyle, it's awesome to be here. I'm so glad that we're face to face over Zoom here. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Speaking of, uh, of connecting. Um, so a little bit background of, of how I heard of Mark. So my company had one best and brightest place to work in Metro Detroit, along with a ton of other companies. And Mark was the keynote speaker. And uh, I remember sitting there and this is a room full of business owners and HR professionals. And I remember sitting there and just curious of, of what he was going to say because I saw on the the board it said digital wellness and I was just curious and what stuck out to me about Mark is that even though this guy has clients as big as Allstate and Quicken Loans and all of that he was not ashamed of his faith that was a part of his testimony that was a part of what he said that day in front of all these people and that just really stuck out to me and then on top of that just thought he had a fantastic keynote on digital wellness and so that's why we wanted to have him on the show today so mark i read just a, a stat i've got one stat here and this was pretty recent it says that there's about 2.7 billion that's with a b monthly active users for Facebook as of the second quarter of 2020. That is astounding, astounding. So we're going to kind of talk about that because obviously that's a huge part of the world. How did you start down this path 
to well you know i'm, I'm going to kind of answer your comment on the facebook staff yeah. first and then we'll kind of work backwards but i really believe that uh you know i sometimes joke and call it faith book because you can see the amount of devoted people with their time and usership and the statistics that support that activity and um, although I do think social media and technology have their places, especially right now through COVID and quarantine as ways to connect. So there's lots of good things about it. But in the same breath, there's oftentimes that like temptation that draws you in, that sucks you in. And before you know it, you are devoted to, um, to content and comparison yeah. to dialects of, of the evil one that yeah. often get us feeling lonely, isolated, and sometimes just focused on the things that aren't good as opposed to all the blessings that we do have. So I do think that my original calling for me, when I first started to kind of gain some curiosity in digital wellness, it was before I came to Christ. Hmm. So I was, uh, this is probably now 12 years ago, 14 years ago, I was a student at Albion College in here in Metro Detroit area in between Jackson and Kalamazoo. And I had a chance to play football there and do academics. It was a great experience, but I went kind of solo into the into the school experience. And I remember being there, I was a freshman and I was taking a class on um, traditional Chinese medicine. And, and uh, I came home my first semester, I was like, dad, I'm going to study psychology and uh, traditional Chinese medicine. And he looked at me like many other parents perplexed at their freshman students <laughs> endeavors. And he's like, you're going to be a businessman. And I was like, dad, no, the, the mind, the body, the spirit, it's an incredible being. Like I was really intrigued at it. In college, I was, you know, I was partying a lot. So I was, you know, drinking, smoking pot, doing the whole bit, yep. starting to feel more and more kind of into that scene as a weekend warrior. And in the same time, I was beginning to feel more emptiness. Mm. And as I continued kind of on this path in psychology, you know, met a girlfriend, you know, she was the girl in college that you know, was part of my identity at that period. And I began to notice, and again, this is like my space is out, guys. If you guys yeah. can, 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 can yeah. get the time machine in the internet. Yep. <laughs> so I'm on my space. I break up with my, my girlfriend and I break up and I find myself like in the, in the, like the computer, like labs where you're supposed to study on my space, seeing her and her new boyfriend and their like rendezvous on my space, mm -hmm. feeling like envy, jealousy, rage, all of these emotions through the click and the screen. And that began what I believe to be just a deep desire to make a you know connection and advocate for how technology impacts your emotions and mood at its core. Yeah. Mm. So for me, as I started there, I, I left college. I had a degree in psychology and neuroscience. After college, I did what most liberal arts students do is they went to massage therapy school. I went to massage therapy school. Mm. I say that facetiously, but I, God has given me kind of the blessings of the, of the hands and touch. So touch is, is a love language for me. It's yeah. really important. And as an as a ex-athlete, I could always feel like injuries or see injuries almost like physiologically and atomically. So if somebody hurt themselves, I could go pinpoint on their knee where they're injured. That's just mm. kind of the Holy Spirit working through my hands. So I share that because you guys remember you're out of you're out of school you're kind of lost you don't know do i apply to my degree do i get a job how do i pay the student loan debt off you're kind of in that awkward 22 23 year old state and i ended up quitting massage school and i had a friend that was starting a tech company 
he graduated from Ann Arbor, from U of M, moved to Detroit. Long story short, I began working at this tech company as like an HR guy. Mm. And we hired 30 people in five years, really cool experience. But my love for psychology and my experience in technology continued to merge even more in that experience. Mm -hmm. And I became moderately obsessed with the psychology of technology. Mm. So that led me on a mission to uh, both kind of develop a product that allowed you to self-manage your time online. This was about 12 years ago now. And it also allowed you to track the mood or the emotion that you felt from certain websites. And my intention was to show people, hey, here's the sites you go to, here are the moods you self-report on how these sites make you feel. Let's see if you can make a connection with the sites you view and the way you feel. That was kind of my underlining thesis. That failed. Just I, I was had no business model and I had no business kind of being in the product space at that time. I then met my wife, my now wife, but when we met, we had, uh, it was one of those interesting times where I felt the Holy Spirit. Now I can refer to it as the Holy Spirit because I was kind of on path to coming to Christ. But I meet her about six months into meeting her. We have kind of, I went through some depression. We had a suicide in the family. It was just, it was a, it was a tough period, but she started to take me to Kensington church. And then six months later, we were spontaneously baptized and then I could see how the Holy Spirit was working both through my own personal internet habits of removing things like pornography or you know, impulsive shopping, uh, all the way to um, alcohol and, you know, and anything else. I just got a sober mind, sober tongue while I was kind of walking with my now wife early in our courtship. So I know that was a mouthful, but I think it's oh. important to set this foundation on how, again, not, not having been a believer early on in my kind of digital wellness journey, but having the nudge, always knowing that God was there, but not having a relationship with Christ. Mm -hmm. um, and then seeing how the internet was just this thing that was already messing with your emotions and mood before, like this was during dial-up days. Right. So you had to wait like four minutes before you could get up, upset from whatever you were going to view online. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no, that's great. I mean, I appreciate you kind of giving us that, that background there. So tell us a little bit about, so when we, you, we keep saying the word did or the two words, digital wellness. So what is digital wellness? Like what, what is, if somebody were to ask you that, what would you say to them? Yeah. So I think digital wellness uh, in this most simplistic way is a way to view the content in which you're exposed to and how it fits into your overall wellness. So if you look at like physical calories or the or a food pyramid, you know to eat your basic food groups and not to eat too many carbs or too many sugars. And ideally, you'd be maintaining your weight, uh, feeling like you have a good level of uh, energy, et cetera. So digital calories are something that I believe we need to start viewing our content through the lens of. So if you feel like you're having a, um, you know, you're feeling bloated from the headlines of the news or you're feeling, um, you know, just like you need you need that afternoon pick me up, and you want to go to social media to get there. Those digital calories often feel us feeling more leave us feeling more sluggish, and often um, hungry for more just moments later. So I believe that digital wellness is a mindset in which we begin to open up our eyes to the the content behind our screen and the amount of virtual connection we have, and kind of juxtaposing that to non-digital activities like reading, walking, hiking, breathing, running, football catch, right? Whatever it is, 
mm-hmm. to also the other content like scripture, devotionals, poetry, non-news-based articles, things that just kind of get your mind and your heart stirring that want to expose creativity and your inner genius to whatever it is God wants to create in and through you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I and I know I've read studies, Mark, that talk about just kind of how it what it does to our brain. So when we see that one that red dot that's on our Facebook icon or you know kind of it it it, it there's like a rush, you know, for us to look at that. If you try to go on a Facebook fast or a, a media fast cuz I know for myself, you know, when I go on fasts, I tend not to go on a ton of food fasts. <laughs> maybe I maybe I should, but I tend not to go a bunch of food fasts, but I go on things that I know that are are distractions for me. And so, you know, I'm not an overeater, but I am an overconsumer of media. And so a lot of times I'll say, oh, I'm just not gonna watch TV for uh, two or three weeks, or I'll stay off of, you know, Instagram or whatever the case may be. So talk to us a little bit, because I'm, I'm, I'm sure, you know, being in the background that you have with neuroscience and all of that, talk to us just a little bit about what these things do to us when we're, you know, because I find myself when I go into fast, I pick up my phone a ton of times and I'm like, oh, I forgot, man, I'm, mm, I'm supposed to be fasting from that. And then it really shows me how much during the day I'm literally picking up my phone to look at something. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, I think in short, uh, by the way, Kevin, I'm an emotional eater. Uh, like you guys, I've got two little kids. I know Kevin, your <laughs> kids are older, but come, come eight 30 when the bed and bath time routine are down and I'm barely, I'm like dragging myself into, you know, the final <laughs> wee hours of the night. I reach for the dark chocolate, Kevin. So I know yes. what's up, man. Cereal, <laughs> it gets me every time. <laughs> yes. Uh, as my mentor says, who's his name is 90. He's absolutely brilliant. His name is Dr. Lauren Siffering. Mm. He is uh, a man of faith, and he's been mentoring men for 50 years. He talks to me about replacement therapy. And replacement therapy essentially says that when you're trying to replace one habit, whether it's a vice or an addiction, if you don't set yourself up with an activity or an area of focus to replace that activity, so if I want to quit smoking, but I don't have any positive interaction to replace that time of when I used to smoke, I'm going to fail mm. that much more. So for for your digital health, if you're trying to do a, a fast off Instagram for a week, well, what are you going to do with that time instead of being on Instagram? It's like we need to replace that with something yes. else. Yeah. So I believe the same thing holds true for our digital fasting. And it's interesting. I've, I'm finishing up a certification from the Digital Wellness Institute, which is a newer, I guess you could call it like, a, like an organization that is promoting digital wellness throughout the country and bringing in experts throughout the world to speak to what they're calling digital flourishing. And the digital flourishing wheel covers digital citizenship, productivity, environment, communication, relationships, mental health, physical health, and kind of the quantified self. So they're, they're beginning to put some other parameters on, on what digital wellness is through this digital flourishing kind of wheel. Mm-hmm. But nevertheless, you can see that our worlds and the uniqueness of, of mankind and, and humankind is complex. So mm-hmm. digital wellness in our virtual world is also complex. So I, I believe it's like, you know, when you hear environment, it's like, how is your environment set up for success if you're trying to fast from Instagram for a week? 
Mm. Or how are your relationships positioned to not be dependent on your digital life? So that way, if you need to phone a friend, you're, you're picking up the landline or you're actually dialing their number. Mm. So you can see how digital wellness itself is beginning to evolve in definition, but it's really the optimal state of health and well-being that each individual has while using technology for the good of what it is they're trying to accomplish. It's a way of life, it promotes health, and most importantly, it encompasses how are these devices and, and the digital invasion in which we are now you know, living, breathing, and walking in impact our mind, body, and spirit. Hmm. No, that's- now working with working with like the younger generation. I'm 30, so I can say that now. <laughs> no, I I just turned 30. Like I'm not gonna admit it. Actually, yeah, I'm 29 and a half. But <laughs> but uh, but no, you, you you talk about being able to replace. You know, I know I'm gonna have to struggle with this with my kids because I struggled myself. I'm constantly just out of boredom picking up my phone. I've I've gotten to the point to where I've gotten that notification from Instagram where I've like caught up and then I refreshed my feed just to start going through it again and I've caught up again just because I'm bored. I have something on Netflix and then I'm bored so I'm I'm on Instagram. My wife's next to me so then there's the argument of like you need to be present. You know what I'm saying? And if I'm 30 years old and I'm dealing with that and and I didn't struggle with that as a teenager, you know, we had MySpace and AIM and all that but now with the younger generation, are you seeing it, especially with younger leaders, where it's much easier to say, fill your time with something other than Instagram and Twitter and Facebook than it actually is to do that? Like, are, we, are you experiencing where people just don't know how to fill their time? Yeah, I think there's a few things that I'm observing. I think because I'm 39 and I believe that I'm essentially like the oldest millennial, right? I'm on the old end of the millennials, but I believe the millennials are sucked in. I don't want to say most, but like they know the best of both worlds and they've kind of been converted, a lot of them. Mm -hmm. And then I believe that there's some younger, like I've got a 12-year-old niece that's like on TikTok and Instagram, but also extremely active in three sports. Yeah. So like part of me thinks that it's a bit of, it's like the temptation goes across all generations and the behaviors are usually mimicked by the those that you hang with, which is old adage, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So all that's to say, like nobody is obsolete from the you know the vortex that can happen, right? Especially when you're feeling lonely. So those are just some thoughts on on the younger generation. Yeah, yeah, for sure. What are some good social media habits so that we don't become over? an over-consumer in social media. I mean, social media has its benefits. You know, we, it's it's a good marketplace. It's it's a great way to just do life and connect, like, you know, I'm sure you're going to talk about. But it can also be really bad for people. Really, it could be just a consumption of insecurities and things like that. So how how or what are some good habits to set or some good boundaries to set when it comes to exploring social media? Well, I think that, you know, in my book, Courage to Connect, which I've got a copy right here. I'm, I'm going to give away some uh, some ebooks to the listeners here. We awesome. can do that here later on. Awesome. But um, encouraged to connect. I start to discuss uh, ways that you can create ways that you can kind of foster courage online and offline. Hmm. So, for example, like a lot of there's a lot of a segment of the audience that just are spectators. So they just view right. You're constantly viewing. You're consuming a lot. You might not 
ever post unless it's like a birthday or a, or a death, but you consume a lot. So for the consumer, the spectator, um, that can be a dangerous place to be because you begin to feel like your voice is lost and your identity is in the identity of others' accomplishments. Yeah. So if you are a spectator listening right now, I would encourage you to begin sharing something about yourself on social media that allows people into your life in a way that creates more of an, of an intimate connection. Hmm. And the way that I define courage and connection is in large part borrowed from some of the um, thinking of Brene Brown, but courage in its original definition means comes from the Latin word core, which means heart. And mm. courage originally was defined as to share your heart or to share your story with those around you. Yeah. And connection, uh, which comes from the root word con, which means together or unite. And as you guys can imagine, the original definition of connection means to be together physically. Mm-hmm. So here we are virtually quarantined. Yeah. Um, and a lot of us don't have our courage muscle is atrophied, right? So it's like you need to spark sharing your story and sharing your heart, even if your heart is damaged, which most of our, our hearts are. So I believe having the courage to connect, and this can be done on social media, is to take moments of vulnerability and truth of yourself and sharing that out for support or you know that whole like misery loves company mentality. It's just, uh, it's how do you create more kind of courageable connections, if that's even a word. Is that a word, Kevin? Can you look that up for me? Courageable. <laughs> I think enough. that's a new one, Mark. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, that's awesome. Um, what about people who are influencers? So, and especially social media influencers that say, you know what, Mark, I, I can't really you know, get off of Facebook or Instagram, or that's how I make my money, that type of thing. You know, how do we navigate through that? You know, because it it is, you know, there's times lately, now that we have the podcast, there's been times I'm like, man, I just love to get off of Facebook, especially because of the climate right now, you know, but then I'm like, man, if I, if I, you know, if I get off of Facebook or put the status up that says, see you guys in a month, you know, I'm going to let down all of our fans. So how do we navigate those of us that are media people? How does that, how do we do? Well, you know, I think that, I think there's a lot of potential falsehoods in some of the beliefs that our business or our flow, if you will, will come to a halt if we're not active on social media. Mm -hmm. The truth of it is, is people really probably wouldn't care or notice if you were off for a week. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's a hard true to, truth to swallow, especially when we're setting goals and milestones and things for our life. And right now that the currency in which we do that is through social media. Mm-hmm. But I will share, like I was in the book of John this week and Jesus was, you know, he just healed the blind guy. Right. Yeah. And I remember that like the Pharisees and some of the other people were like basically calling Jesus the evil one. And he was demonic. And who is he to heal the blind, especially on a Sunday? Mm-hmm. And as they're like getting at him, there's two things that came out to me that I'm going to tie back here to your original question in a minute. The first one is just on a side note, people weren't believing in Jesus while he was walking on doing miracles. So that just speaks to the human condition and how hard it is to believe and receive yes. the truth in which he preached and walked. 
Mm-hmm. The second thing is, is I've got this new Bible. It's called the Passion Translation, TPT. Mm-hmm. It's yes, awesome. It is. I got, the, I got the large print. Kyle, once you turn 30, you need large print. <laughs> it's like the big iPhone text. Yeah. I got the large print and it's got really cool footnotes. And in the footnotes, it's talking about the word evil. And, and it was coming from the root word accuser, which had this other root word that was defined as essentially like to gnaw, mm-hmm. right? Like the definition of accuser, the way they like Aramaically unpacked it. Th- this lowest common denominator was the word gnaw. And I thought about like a dog gnawing a bone, mm. right? And I think about like how the devil gnaws at your thoughts. Mm. And I think about how, how much social media can be gnawing to your soul. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you do this blog post, you do this podcast, you launch this book, you do these things. And there's this gnawing sensation, like if I don't get it out on my timing, you know, then it's going to fail. And then you get it out and you don't have enough likes or comments or activity or traction or sales. And there's this gnawing that you need to go launch a YouTube channel. And then the YouTube Mm. channel fails and there's this gnawing to do more. Mm. So I think about like, you know, God definitely wants us to be on social media, but he doesn't want us to be so darn devoted to the success of what we believe to be the likes, the clicks, the revenue, all that stuff. Not not to the point where we're missing out on rest and relationship and just being. Yeah. So I think yeah. as an influencer, when you're feeling like my wife's got like 10,000 Instagram, she's like a, uh, she's like a wellness mama. She really is a wellness <laughs> wow. mama. Right? Yeah. I don't need, I don't need her Instagram stats to share that, but I can see like, you know, when she watches a video of a Instagram mom, who's a wellness mama with 20,000 followers, how that gnaws at her. Mm-hmm. Right. And that one who's got 20,000 followers is watching another mom that's got 120,000 followers. Mm. And so the gnawing continues. Mm. So I believe that, you know, as Jesus was being accused in the book of John to be the evil one, and he was saying, no, I come to bring my father's will. It's like, what does the father's will look like for you as a, as a mm. social media consumer? Mm. And if God's prompting you to share something vulnerable, if God's prompting you to take a uh, week off social media, are you obedient to his word and whispers? Mm. And how is he trying to restore you in that pause? Mm. Yeah, Mark, that's so good. So, so good. You know, I have this theory, Mark, and sometimes I say it with my outside voice to some of the, my friends, but I have a feeling that we have slowed down in creativity and in an uh, authenticity because of so much media consumption. And I say that to say so many people follow other people that they want to be like. And what ends up happening is a lot of times they copy a lot of what that person does or is, right? And a copy, you know, you know as well as I do, if you take uh, a copy machine and say I copy something once. If I keep copying that copy, after a while, you can barely see the original because it's faded to a point of, 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 of not being able to see it. And I, I, I wonder sometimes as Christians, because even as Christians, that we, we look at other people's lives constantly on social media, we're looking at the next influencer. How can I, like you said, how can I get 10,000 people, 20,000 people? How can I be a middle, million followers on TikTok? 
And we're so consumed with that that we're missing the creativity that God would give us as the creator. And I always say, look, we as Christians, we should be the most creative people on the face of the earth because we have the creator living inside of us. He's the one that's implanting these thoughts. I don't have to look at so-and-so who has 40,000 followers to know what I need to do next because God can speak that to me or impress on in that somehow to me and without even looking at that person, right? But because we have that, we rely on that now as opposed to relying on the Holy Spirit to give us fresh new ideas. Like I don't need to be Mark Osnash, right? Like I like that's not what God's called me to do. Now you may do some things that I may look at and say, "Wow, that's that's really cool." But what if God's not calling me to duplicate that? What if God is calling me to do something fresh? And I feel like that's what's missing, Mark. Well, I think that's a great point, Kevin. And even though you don't want to be like me, as we mentioned before we started a recording, you, <laughs> Kyle, and I all go to the same barber. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we've, got the, we've got the Mr. Clean, uh, so fresh and so clean look up on top. And we both, well, all three of us have thick eyebrows. I'm sure our wives are constantly reminding us to cut those old man eyebrows. That always. My wife oh, said man. to me today, she's like, we're going on a date night tonight, which is we're getting carry out and going to a friend's garage, which is like a 2020 date night. Like, yeah, 100%. But, but like we just get done putting up the Christmas tree with the kids. Life is good. I got a cup of coffee in me and I'm going to give her a hug. And she looks at me. She kind of gave me this like slow look. She's like, you need to trim your nose hairs. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Can you, you know, <laughs> Kevin, going back to what you're saying about like um, not being a copy or a copycat and let the Holy Spirit work in you to create and produce content, like there's two things that come to mind. Um, there's an incredible author, speaker, writer, John Acuff. Do you guys know John? Oh, yeah. Yeah, John I do. Work for Dave Ramsey. He's written about uh, 10 books. John has like some amazing humor. He's a Christian. His first book was Stuff Christians Like or something to that effect. But he does such a good job. He doesn't ever hide his, his, his faith, but he, you can tell that he uses the uniqueness in which God has made him to make others connect to him through his content. Yeah. And I believe that there's a lot of people out there. And if you are listening, you are one of, if you match this persona, I want you to listen up. And who I'm going to speak to right now are the listeners that are full of creativity through wisdom and life experience, and maybe even through the Holy Spirit working in them now in this season of of life we're going through. If you're not creating content and you feel the nudge to do it, start doing it. Mm. You don't need to have you, you you don't need to have any followers on any any channels to to start creating. Yeah. If you're feeling like you've got ideas and you're and you're feeling bored, it's better than being a spectator, like truly a spectator. Get onto the field, yeah. produce some content, share it, tag some friends in it, have fun with it and see where it takes you and see if that's that that creative juice that can start flowing in and through you. That'll just lift your spirit and give you a, another sense of creative expression. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I a hundred percent agree with that. And uh, yeah, I, I just, I, I think we need to have more inventors. We need to have more, you know, I watched my daughter who, my youngest daughter who is 12 and we recently, you know, just because of online school and just the, that whole drama, um, and if you have little kids and they're in uh, online school at home all day, you, you know that, that I'm thankful that I can actually work from home 
So I'm able to be here with her, but I, I kind of watch. So we had t- taken off, we taken away her, her laptop and, and her iPod and some, just some other things because we want, really wanted her to focus really on school because there were some school issues. And so I watch her now that she's not consumed with all of those things, how creative you know, she's actually painting again. She's actually reading again, like just things that, that, that will enhance her life. Like, I mean, she, she created some things the other day just through painting. I didn't even know she could do that. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was amazing, you know? And so I look and I think, what is the world missing right now? Because we're all on this, billions of us are on this one platform. You know, uh, and, and many other platforms, of course, but what are, what is the world missing? Are we missing the next, I don't know, you know, cure to something? Are we missing the, you know, the next Mozart, the next, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. You know, and we don't want to waste our lives. And, you know, this was somebody, so Facebook, we'll just take that for example. That was somebody's dream. That was something that somebody thought of and decided to create it. But that the creation in and of itself was not meant to take over our lives. That was meant to inspire us, to connect us. But then we go, we have to now go and live our own lives. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, uh, I definitely hear what you're saying. And I think that brings up a great point in just going back to like, uh, rest. Right. Yeah. My mentor, Lauren, one day we were at his property in Rochester, Michigan, and he's got this beautiful acreage and there's deer and, bunnies and birds and just nature. It's beautiful, right? That he mm. baptizes people in, in the Paint Creek trails behind his, his home. It's a, it's a, it's a holy ground. Mm. But I share that because we were looking at a big buck one day and I was like, look at, look at that buck. Just, he's just grazing around eating grass. Like for like 45 minutes, he's out there doing that. And God and, and uh, Lauren, Dr. Lauren said, he's, he's living his purpose. You know, mm. his purpose is to do just what he's doing, which is just to be in nature and that God has designed him such a way that to eat so much grass, to have enough calcium, to grow horns out of his head. Mm. Like that was the design in which God made for that deer. So it got me thinking, I said, all right, well, well, Lauren, what's, what's our purpose, you know, as, as humans. And he said, our purpose, you know, is to rest in Christ. Yeah. Yeah. And I know that sounds you know, somewhat cliche-ish in the Christian community. But when you think about rest, rest often has to deal with our breath, mm. right? If we're mm. not breathing, if we're, hyper, if, if we're hyper, if we can't sit still, all the things that I, I'm guilty of, you don't feel like you're able to rest in the, in the presentness of God. Mm. And there's this, uh, I read this recently, it's called email apnea. And you think of like sleep apnea, right? When, you, mm-hmm. when you're, you're snoring or you're, you know, you're, Sleep apnea, you guys get it. You, you know yep. it, right? Yeah. Disrupts your sleep, dis- disrupts your ability to rest. Well, email apnea, and I'll just go on a limb and say social media apnea is when you're, when you're looking at social media and you're in that like infinite scroll loop and you're not really breathing, mm. right? Your, your breath is disrupted. Mm-hmm. Think about the connection to the screen. It's not like Apple's giving you stats on like your breath, even though it, your Apple Watch can remind you to breathe. It's not necessarily sinking you up in the breath that is God's invitation that he has. Mm, mm. And when you think about our breath, right? And this is really, this is kind of deep. So you guys got to track me for a minute here. 
Mm-hmm. But when you breathe in, so we'll, let's breathe in together. When you breathe out, when you start to breathe in and out, you begin to hear the, the vowels or the audible sounds. Ah, way. Ah, way. You hear ah, way, right? Mm. And ah, way is the first and the last le- letter of the Greek alphabet, the alpha and the omega, ah, way. Ah, way, which is God, the breath of life, the giver of life. Mm. So when you ladder this back up to things like sleep apnea or social media apnea, you see that when our breath is disrupted, we're disrupted from the rest that exists in the breath of a living, loving God. Wow. 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 Never heard it that way before. No. That's, inc- that's incredible. That's, that's why we have you on. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Mark, and um, talk to us just a little bit about the comparison trap. You know, I, I've seen that it's crazy. Like the social media comparison is unreal. I've, I've said to my, my friends, you know, cause they'll say, you know, well, how come you don't post this or how come, you know, I will never post when I get a new car. I will never post when, and I'm not saying it's wrong. Like I, I understand that some people live their lives on Facebook and, and, and Instagram. I totally get that. I, I'm not, but I, I'll never do that. I'll never say, Oh, look, look, the car I bought my wife today. Oh, I surprised my wife with a house or, Oh, I, you know, whatever. Because I know what that feels like on the other side of there is 40, uh, you know, more like probably 400 other men on any given person's Facebook that maybe can't do that. And they feel like a failure because they're like, you know what? I wish I could have bought. They have no idea that the, the person's in deep debt. They have no idea that, you know, mom, you know, their, their mother passed away and the house was willed to that, whatever the case may be. But all they see is this image on the screen. And I, I take that a little bit further. And I, I talk about our precious wives and daughters who it is incredible to me. You could have one of the most beautiful people sitting in front of you. I look at my wife and, and, and I look at how beautiful she is there most women today i don't care how beautiful they are they will they don't feel that about themselves because they compare themselves to so many other people on the social media and you have a gorgeous person sitting in front of you going oh i'm just a pig oh i just i hate my hair i hate gosh this makeup looks terrible on me like how Talk to us a little bit about that comparison. Well, no, I, I think that goes back to the enemy's dialect is comparison. So when you begin finding yourself, comparing yourself to others, you can immediately detect that that is that of the lot, the ultimate uh, deceiver. And, yeah. and Kyle, I'll look to you because you have, you have young children too. One of the traps that I fall into is like, especially in the quarantine life or like going out very limitedly is... Just it's hard being a dad of a young family. And when you're when you're like, especially in the summers, when you're trying to do bedtime at like 7 30, mm-hmm. like that's normally when you'd be going out having fun, you know? Bedtime 7 30? What's that seven, like? Yeah. <laughs> Is it seven for you or eight or what what's your nine? I would love for I would love for it to be eight. It's usually around nine. Right. Yeah. So it does it doesn't matter. The, 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 we're walking it down is what we're yeah, doing. Yeah, walking it down. But I think think what I guess the confession here to you guys and on the air is like I find myself thinking like 
how many more hours do I have with my family right now? Right. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, it feels like the days can be really long when you're dealing yeah. with young children. And yeah. then if, and then when you like, when I check, like if I go to the bathroom and I check social media real quick in the midst of a temper tantrum and I go back out and I just got done seeing like my other friends that either don't have kids or their kids are older <laughs> or they're just lying online. Mm-hmm. And you start to see like, like I'm distancing myself from being emotionally connected, invested in my children and my wife because of what I just saw for a flash of a, a, a second online when I was, while I was, yeah. going, you know, so it's, there's a dangerous trap of like, I'm the only one with, uh, with, uh, two kids that are freaking out tonight. Right. When in, yeah. all, in, all, in all reality, if you're a dad or a mom of young ch- children, it's hard. That's hard living, man. Mm-hmm. It, mm-hmm. it is. And that <laughs> it's funny too. I, I always found myself saying before I had kids, like my kids will never be like that. You know what I'm saying? Because I just, I just thought that, and I think my kids may actually be worse. But <laughs> the same token, I literally, I, I know what you're saying because I get like that. I compare myself to maybe just not even being as free sometimes too, and and I, you got to get that perspective of like, listen, they don't have kids or they're not in the and probably one of my most famous lines I have with my friends because I have friends from different age groups too, and so I'm like, we're just in different seasons of life. You know, and I got to remind myself that because on social media, you don't, you don't get that, that description. You just get what they're showing you in that. So you're in that moment, but you're separated from that season of life, it seems like. And it's hard to differentiate that mentally when you are in the moment, you know? Um, Mark, help us with something that's on everybody's mind. <laughs> the, cur- the current climate that we're in right now of yeah. just crazy like i mean social media is super crazy now because of all the drama that's going on in 2020 we got the election we've got all of those things that's happening what's your advice to people who are just they're just knee deep in it all and don't see don't really see a way to climb themselves out of it how do we navigate especially 2020 on online because you know what we're not seeing people like I can't go to somebody's house. All I can do is t- tell them hi on Facebook or Instagram or whatever the case may be. Or if I want to, you know, fight with them about politics, I can't do it around the table, especially here in Michigan. I have to do it, uh, you know, through private message, maybe hopefully not on Facebook. But how do we navigate through this tough, tough year? Sure. Yeah. Well, I I don't have a crystal ball, nor do I expect to uh, give you the uh, end all be all. But a couple things that come to mind are um, we are going to get through it and we're getting through it. So it's just maintaining that steadfast look on uh, having faith that we will come out the other end, what, wherever that is. Yeah. Um, and and I, I think that goes back to like, I've been around some really good leaders that actually probably have more coming at them than the average consumer mm. with emails and outlash and you know the the headmaster or the principal of the school the small little christian school that my son goes to i think about how he is up every morning running he's got a big family he comes in with a suit and tie on he's praying in front of the entire student body he's leading he is just being present, letting God work in and through him. And I'm sure there's stuff behind the scenes of emails and parents and community members and folks that are questioning 
some of their decisions as a school, things of that nature. And I know I'm speaking in ambiguity, but the point is, is that I feel like it's kind of like the old saying, you are what you eat, Mm -hmm. right? And going back to our digital calories, if the digital calories you're eating are equivalent to Twinkies, hot dogs, and a big gulp, you got to check yourself. That's right. And if you don't have the wherewithal to do that, you're just going to keep consuming and the heartburn of, of uh, your world, which will be defined and shaped by social media and, and CNN, those things are temporary. Those things yeah. are often yeah. just empty in their caloric intake. So you got to shift yourself and be in a position to raise your awareness that, hey, I need to, I need to step away from this or I need to change my friends or change the content in which I view so that's, that's kind of one response. In, the, in another vein, like I think about, and I'm doing a lot of this with, with teams and organizations throughout the country right now, but like, how do you have the courage to connect over Zoom? Or if you're leading a team meeting or a family reunion, how do you step, or a small group, how do you step into that Zoom session and not immediately start talking about COVID and politics? Mm, right? yeah. I call it left field positive energy. How do you just bring it in? Yeah. So here's, here's a couple of ways that you can as listeners there's two ways that you can begin to create more intimate connections. And I say intimate, and when I say the word intimate, I mean into me, you see intimacy, right? So into me, you see closer, even if it's over Zoom, who I am, how my heart's wired and where I'm at. Mm-hmm. And I believe that, you know, in some cultures, when you ask, how are you doing? They actually say, what's the state of your heart? Hmm. And I think we have a heart issue going on right now in yeah. our world. And I think we need to continue to open our hearts and let people into those dark corners of our hearts that are, that are tarnished right now. Yeah. So you can do that through sharing, right? Going back to courage is having the ability to share your story. So you can start with a game of uh, what are you grateful for, right? Go around the horn in your Zoom sessions, share what you're grateful for. If you really feel like you want to amp it up and create some more meaningful dialogue, you can play a game called If You Really Knew Me. Mm-hmm. And here we'll play it real quick as we, I know I'm sure we're, we're getting close to our time, but I'm going to model it. I'm going to pass it to Kyle and then Kevin, you go. So you guys ready? Yes. Sure. Okay. So if you really knew me, these are statements in which you reveal or you create intimacy into me, you see of who you are and where you're at in this situation. So Kevin, Kyle, and the whole thinking out loud podcast audience, if you really knew me, you'd know that I love a cup of black coffee and avocado toast on Saturday mornings. Uh, If you really knew me, you'd know that I've been feeling disconnected from my six-year-old son. Uh, If you really knew me, you'd know that I suffer from seasonal depression. Uh, If you really knew me, you'd know that I have eczema that won't go away, probably caused from social media. (laughs) Uh, If you really knew me, you'd know that I'm a huge Kenny G fan. Hey, G. Yes. So uh, those are mine. You can go spicy, mild, or hot. Okay. Uh, but, but Kyle, I'm, I'm, I'm passing the buck to you. Mm-hmm. All right. If you really knew me, you'd know that I love getting up early to go sit in a tree stand, no matter what time of year it is or how hot, it, hot or cold it is. If you really knew me, you would know that I have a strong addiction to caffeine. If you really knew me, you would know that I struggle through probably more circumstantial depression based off of the way people react to what I do or don't do. Strictly performance-based. If you really knew me, I also struggle with being connected to my two-year-old who I literally have to fight back tears if she doesn't want me. 
So if you really knew me, you would know that I am a Lions and Michigan fan, and I hate and love them at the same time <laughs> every weekend. And so there you go. I love it. Uh, wow. Let's get some snaps going for Kyle, Kevin. Yeah. That was good, man. Yeah. That was good. That was good. Oh, man. So my turn? Um, yeah, your turn, man. Wow. Well, if you really knew me, you would know that I struggle with anxiety. If you really knew me, you would know that I struggle with uh, people pleasing. If you really knew me, you would know that I'm extremely uncomfortable in front of people, even though it seems like I'm not, <laughs> but I am. Um, if you really knew me, you would know that I'm allergic to chocolate. Um, <laughs> yes, uh, <laughs> I really am. Um, let's see. Yeah, if you really knew me, you would know I struggle big time with, with time, with personal time. I overwork myself um, and I'm working more than I am being present. And that's, that's, that's what, that's something I'm working on. So that's, that's some of my stuff. <laughs> that's awesome. And that was a great example on how we can create, there we go. Some snaps for Kevin. <laughs> Kevin, by the way, my wife's like, you have a Saturday afternoon podcast. Like who schedules podcasts on Saturday afternoon? I was like, <laughs> Well, you haven't met Kevin and Kyle, have you, honey? Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, hey, if not now, then when, right? Right. Yeah. So, um, so that was a great example of demonstrating how you have the ability, we have the ability to create more meaningful connection um, through exercises like if you really knew me. Mm. And you got to kind of work it in and you might have to warm it up and give people a heads up that you want to do something like that. But I believe that our Zoom sessions, whether it be a family reunion or whether it be a board meeting, they're craving more connection. And there's mm. ways and, and, and exercises that you could do to pr promote that, that leaves the attendees feeling like, oh, I just feel like I just, I got a jolt of human connection from that 45 minute Zoom call. Mm. Like it, I didn't realize that was possible. Mm -hmm. mm. Yeah. Um, Mark, listen, I, I appreciate the verbiage that you have when it comes to coaching us just on the social media aspect of things with talking about the calories, talking about your intake. Uh, one of the things I appreciate, you make it real relatable. Um, so thank you for doing that. I have a question as far as the intake goes. I just told you that I was, I'm addicted to caffeine. I, if I was honest with you, I'm over a thousand milligrams of caffeine a day. So my wife, how, how many milligrams are in one cup of coffee? 75. Okay. Is that true? That sounds about right. I think it's, I, so I drink about four cups of coffee to start my day and then I have a bang and then I have, which has 300 milligrams of coffee in it. And then I have a pre-workout before I go to the gym, which is about 350 milligrams of caffeine in mine. So it's, it's continual every couple of hours I'm, and I know they say like the, like every six hours, it kind of flushes through, but I don't give my body the chance to do that. I drink zero water, so that, that also doesn't help. But I'm saying that to say my wife made me look up like the long-term effects of caffeine, like the caffeine abuse. And, you know, I found it's probably going to go down the route, route of kidney stones, you know, but I started getting scared. I'm like, well, what if this causes cancer? What if, it, you know, you start getting worried about it. I don't know that we view 
how much and what we digest when it comes to social media as far as long-term effects when it comes to just society in general. We've talked about on this show, we've talked about the good effects of social media and the negative effects of social media. What do you see when it comes to corporations, when it comes to just individual basises um, or basis? What do you see as being the long-term effects of social media? Great, uh, great question. Um, that was one of Kevin's questions, by the way. <laughs> I stole it. No, that was great. But hey, Kyle, thanks for confessing your caffeine addiction. I want to pray over you right now. Oh, I appreciate that. Uh, Heavenly Father, uh, I thank you so much for the opportunity for Kevin, Kyle, and I to be connected right now. Uh, Lord, I thank you for um, the openness in which you're sharing the tough conversations and the uh, the pain points that many of us have through isolation, addiction, through caffeine, alcohol, drugs, social media, people pleasing, whatever it is. Uh, Lord, I just pray right now that you uh, slow Kev- slow Kyle's heart down to um, to see the love that you have for him and his family and um, his ability to come alive like Lazarus did and come out and be alive and take those, those cloths off of him and his eyes and that he is just reignited with uh, your Holy Spirit um, that has zero milligrams of caffeine and 100,000 milligrams of your love. So I thank you, Jesus, uh, for doing that and for showing Kyle that he, uh, he doesn't need that um, and that he can slowly replace that with water, the living water that exists uh, in you, Lord, and just the good old-fashioned tap water that comes out of his hose that he used to drink in between football games when he was a wee pup. I thank you for Kevin. I thank you for the way that you have made enough time for him to please himself before he has to please others. I thank you for the way that you have created his family um, to see him and love him as a leader. I thank you for his beautiful wife in which he described earlier and he's getting some major bonus points for that. <laughs> I thank you, Lord, for his beautiful wife, for Kyle's beautiful wife, and for, for my beautiful wife. And we just thank you, Jesus, for this time together. And we just declare these things in your name. Any strongholds on any of us, any of the listeners, be broken. Uh, in your name, we ask these things, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Dude, thank you. Great. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Man, that's that awesome. That was a genuine moment. I appreciate that. Yeah. Hey, yeah. man you got to drink more water is basically the, uh, the other end of it. We yes. have these, uh, we're like a Yeti family. I got my Yeti tea right here, but we've got like mm-hmm. five Yetis per adult and two Yetis <laughs> per kids. We're like, we're like walking around like target. It sounds like we've got like armor on us. Uh, but we have this, like my wife and I have this like 32 ounce Yeti. It's got this twist off top. We drink three of them a day. Mm. Right. So we drink like a hundred ounces of water a day. Wow. And, and I love caffeine. So I'm right there with you. I drink, a, I drink two cups in the morning and occasionally I have a cup in the afternoon. But I feel like I need caffeine to function. And the days that I don't have it, I feel like a fiend looking for it. Mm-hmm. By 11 o'clock, if I don't have a cup of coffee, I'm, I'm mad. I'm a mean, yeah. I'm a mean dude. So like um, the same thing goes with social media or whatever else that you believe that your dependency is on. So much of it's our beliefs. But, you know, all that's to say because I think caffeine and social media have great parallels the same way that smoking and nicotine did in the 40s and 50s that I often refer to. Organizations and states and bodies of you know, land have banned smoking, right? You just mm-hmm. don't smoke in hospitals or in, or in public places like we used to. I don't think that one day we're going to not have email or internet, right? but I do believe that you will find in organizations and in public places you will be pained on plug. 
you'll go to a cafe that does not have internet access or caffeine. Mm. You're going to go get their rest, rest. You're going to play a board game. It probably exists in Ann Arbor and some places in Europe right now. <laughs> but I think organizationally, you start to see things like the CEO of um, Salesforce, whose also name is Mark. He has like very forward-facing views on Facebook and other things on how it cripples your time. You see how some organizations are starting to shut off their email servers on after nine o'clock at night and on the weekends. People mm. are beginning to connect the dots that a uh, healthy, productive employee is not an employee that is attached to their email 24-7. Yep. You know, so I think organizations that begin to look at digital wellness as part of their overall wellness strategy are heading in the right direction. Mm. Mm. Yeah. No. That's a that's that's Yeah, I and I can see Mark um someone doing something like that, like setting up like a restaurant or something like that where it's like you don't get coffee, you don't get to plug in your phone, you there's no Wi-Fi, it's just old family time. Um which sounds amazing. Um so yeah, that's I can see churches catching that wave. Sure, sure, for sure. A lot of mental a lot of mental health preaching in staff meetings and stuff. Yeah. I can see almost like a brain break, you know? Yeah. Cause everything yeah. we do in, in everything we do in youth group is social media. It has to be, that's where, it's where our market is. So I could see that end up that, that becoming a, a standard of from this, this block to this block, we are unplugging, you know? So, but you got You got to find that replacement. What are you going to do with your time? It's like when, uh, exactly. when you're at the office and the internet goes down, it's like uh, it's like equivalent to like the snow day. It's like what, you know, like yeah. you're watching Channel Two News back in the day, and it's like, yes, our district's closed, and then you're like, no school. Yeah. The it goes down. You're like, how do I work again? What is? What that do we do? <laughs> yep, hundred percent. Yeah, hundred yeah. <laughs> percent. Well, folks, um, Mark Ostash, I tell you, he is phenomenal at what he does. You know, and I know you you got a lot of tidbits here, but uh, please go follow Mark. Um, yes. He is uh, markostash.com. The way he spells his last name is O-S-T-A-C-H. And so Google him, find him, just a great resource pastors, church leaders. I know I've got a lot of you listening, business owners. I got some of you listening as well. Please bookmark because I believe that it is going to bless your establishment. And so that's something that's important, you know, for our people to understand. And if you're listening to us today and you say, Kev, I'm addicted to these different things, you know, Mark, just pause to pray. I think that is a, I think that's a great thing for us to do. Why don't you pause and pray and ask God for direction and help on, you know, some of the things that you're facing, some of the things that are happening, whether it's an addiction to food, whether it's addiction to social media, it doesn't matter what it is. God is powerful enough to crush that addiction in your life. And so let's, let's uh, follow that example. And then let's get Mark's book, Courage to Connect. Stories that create meaningful connections in your life, and I know Mark's you uh, you wanted to do something for our listeners. Yeah, just just a couple of things. I, I first of all, I love our time together. I could talk yeah. to you guys for another hour, and I welcome for a uh, 
episode two whenever you guys want to want to circle yes, the wagon. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, I, um, for the listeners, I don't know how you guys want to do this, but I've got a um, some free eBooks that you guys can distribute through a link. So I'll let you mm-hmm. guys figure that out behind the scenes. But those that are listening, a couple of ways that you can follow, you can text the word follow to the number 33777. Again, text the word follow to the number 33777. And just let me know that you heard this podcast and uh, I'll send you an ebook in the mail. You can also reach me at hello at markostash.com. That's M-A-R-K-O-S-T-A-C-H.com. Hello at markostash.com. So I've loved our time together. I love you guys already. Uh, and- no, it was, it was a great time. And those of you listening on our podcast, you know we have the option on YouTube, on our YouTube channel. So you're going to see everything that we discussed today. Earlier in the show, he held up his book. Both the text number and texting hello, those were both boxes that he had actually popped up on his screen. So go ahead towards the end of the video. If you don't like watching YouTube videos, you can still get them there as well. Um, And then we'll obviously post that on our social media pages as well as this is airing. So yeah, Mark, thank you so much. Yeah, absolutely. You'll see it on our website. Um, we're going to add yep. Mark as a resource on our resource yep. page. Yep. And so you'll be able to get in touch with him. And of course, always tell your friends and family members, if this blessed you, we're on every platform that you consume podcasts. So iHeartRadio, Spotify, iTunes, Google, Stitcher, you name it, we're there. So let yep. your friends know uh, to listen to this particular episode. We appreciate, Mark, you coming on. And um, thanks so much. Yeah, thank you. Hey, guys, let's finish with the cell phone pledge. You ready? It takes 30 seconds. Grab yeah. your phones out. Yeah. All right, repeat after me. All right, I promise. I, I promise. Not to let my phone. Not, not to, to let, let my, my phone. phone. Get in the way of making meaningful connections. Get in the, in the way, way of making of meaningful, meaningful connections. connections. I solemnly swear. I solemnly swear. That this digital device. That this digital device. Does not shape my identity. Does not, not shape, shape my, my identity. identity. Amen. 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 That's awesome. Well, thanks, Mark, so much for coming on the show. And folks, again, just reach out, like I say, to Mark, all the places that he is. And uh, if you want to shout out and talk a little bit about it, have a discussion, you can go to any of our media pages. You can also go to Thinking Out Loud Podcast 20 at gmail.com. And have a wonderful week. We'll look forward to talking with you next week.